Heffernan. And number one now. You're listening to Heffern and Reed. Heffern and Reed. Rated number one podcast by the World Podcasting Federation and the Podcast Ranking Association. No, for reals. It says it right here. Lock it in and rip the knob off. You're tuned in to the number one show on the planet. The Heffern and Reap Show. Hey, everybody. It is uh, comedian John Heffern. And John Reed. Comedian. In front of my name because what what I'm so unfunny I got to use comedian no Jagoffs John Heffern wasn't available on Instagram John Reap word I'm good brother how are you this is exciting we're live once again we have a big lineup of people today lots to talk about mm-hmm. uh, and I know you were preparing for. Uh, I don't know, 37 feet of snow coming your way. It's definitely happening. Uh, it's um, it's going to be a snow day, which is good, which I'm excited for. Even though we just went a full year or two years of COVID, which was kind of just like a snow day, right? But still, official snow days are kind of cooler. Yeah. You know, I don't have to yeah. go anywhere for maybe five days, so I don't have to worry about travel unless it keeps going on the weekend. So are you supposed fun. to go somewhere? Are you supposed to go somewhere this weekend? I have a corporate event somewhere in Mississippi, so oh, something okay. weird. So but they're down south where it's a little bit warmer. Yeah, so I have to leave I, Sunday. Uh, but yeah, I have a gig. My next gig will be in Albany, New York, this coming Friday and Saturday. I'll be at the Funny Bone in Albany, New York, and it's supposed to snow there as well. Ah, so uh, how was your shows? South. You you were with uh, this weekend. It was the uh, uh, Reap and Reno. Reap and Reno. Uh, sure. We did Walhalla, South Carolina, and Shelby, North Carolina. Uh, one one show, one night, little theaters went well. Who um, out of, so you, you're doing uh, shows with Reno, who, uh, Reno Collier, who's on the show a lot, and I think super, super hilarious. So you guys have done a couple theaters together, the yeah. uh, uh, Reap and Reno show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't listen. I don't remember reading anything. You know how like if a, a band wants to use somebody's lead singer and then that band who wants to use the lead singer says, hey, hey, Bon Jovi, guys, can we use Bon Jovi for just one track of thing? <laughs> so now that you've worked with uh, Reno mm-hmm. and me, yes, which one yeah. is, is more difficult? <sighs> Not different. Well, I, I want to find what what what. In what aspect are we talking? I know. I'll let you choose the <laughs> definition of difficult. Okay. Both of you are extremely funny and hard to follow. So the only problem here is when I have to go last. Because, you know, following a headliner, I mean, you got to the, – the show needs to move in an upward tra- trajectory. Mm-hmm. It seems that way to me. So – if one headliner is a little bit less energy than the other one, then that you know could be a problem sometimes. So knowing that Reno is a big ball of energy, yeah, and knowing that you're a powerhouse, I hate having to follow. So I'm happier to go in the middle, and I do feel like when you're co-headlining, even though you're co-headlining and you're both of you are supposed to do, you know, forty-five minutes or whatever that is, I think the guy in the middle has some duty to the guy behind him. I feel like the guy in the middle needs to not go to the crowd as much. 
Yeah. Don't open up Pandora's box. Maybe do 40, not 45. And yeah. You know, and just save a little bit at the end. Yeah. I'm a, uh, but who's one? I got to be, I'm probably more wound tighter off stage and, and prep. And- Reno has a lot of questions. Reno likes to talk a lot. You don't like you, you'll just do your thing and, and split. I know you guys got stressed when I was driving that one day when we were doing here in Michigan. Yeah, I don't have to. I didn't have to drive with Reno at all this time. Oh, okay. So yeah, I was in my own car by myself, which is fine. Um, Uh, Reno is not. uh, He just has a lot. He just has a lot of. He he wants to do a bunch of them. I'm like, it's going great, man. But uh, I got a lot of stuff coming in. Just reap, you know. (laughs) And I like that as well. I get more money that way. So I have to figure. I have to find the right. Oh, balance. you're probably getting that from both of us because I I always blow up your stuff going. We gotta, we gotta. Here's why I do it. Um, I I'm so bored on the road now. Like we'll talk. I know we have we have guests. We so I don't want to. Yeah, we're gonna get to Tammy here. In yeah, a minute. Okay, let's just yeah. Let's say hello to our first. Wait, guest. won't you introduce her? Oh, I I didn't make one of those things like I made for Kevin for her. What are you talking um, about? No, let's just you know look. You know you know her. I know her. I know her. She's one of the funniest uh, comedians uh, on the face of the earth. And we've known her for many, 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 many years. Many years. She was also a veteran of Last Comic Standing and done a lot of USO tours. And uh, we're happy to have her right now. Why don't we welcome to the show the always funny, beautiful (laughs) Tammy Pescatelli. Huh? Huh? There she is. And uh, that's a Tim. You need a glaucoma check. Thank you, John. John. Come on, man. (laughs) How are you, Tammy? Where are you at? I'm at home. Look at my fake uh, moving green (laughs) screen. Oh, you got Uh, one of the green screens that fit on your chair? Yeah, because I, that's, look at that. (laughs) It's like, see all the cool stuff that I have behind me. But the thing with the green, like a peacock's tail feathers, you know? Yeah, and then I can take it off and put it away, and uh, and then I can use it to block out the sun in my car when I want to sleep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you can hold it like that when you want. See, I'm trying to do that. So you have a green screen. I have one of those. But then I don't know how to put anything on the green screen, so then I would end up like you in front of a green screen without <laughs> a backdrop. Well, that's it. Your thing, I don't know this this uh, platform that you guys are on, and this was the dumbest thing ever. I should just be sitting in front of my Wonder Woman collection like everybody else. But everybody well, who has a podcast does it a different way. Yeah. Well, everybody like podcast studios now, the fun thing about podcasts when you first did them is – you had the little zoom recorder and you don't, you didn't have to visually show yourself. That's what's fun. And now you see podcasts, you're like, okay, you're full on at a TV studio at this point. I can't like, you see this time I got swatches going because I can't figure out what color I should make that. And then these lockers, I I, I want, I'm going through a grown up phase in life. So I'm like, I don't know if I want to be childish. Maybe I'm not childish with all this. And I make it more gentlemany for yeah. when I do my business podcast. Yeah, that doesn't fit you. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that all of, you think you're upset. I have to put on makeup because like, and then I wonder, I hope it's visual because I have to go put on a full, I can't fix myself <laughs> at this point. I put on so much makeup because I'm old guys. Like it's easy. You guys are men. You can grow a beard. You can do, you can angle yeah. things out. 
women love you regardless. I'm chubby and old, and it's you not fun. You guys I'm can't see you. it, and I just took my headphones off. I can kind of hear. Do you know what I did to my hair recently? Hang on. Let me guess. Uh, bang. Well, uh, uh, well, hang on, John. <laughs> you didn't put any, like. You dyed it, didn't you? you? Did you dye it, dude? I dyed it. I dyed, I dyed his hair. I dyed well, it. I it's horrible. This. It's it's. Take your hat back off. Hang on. <sighs> okay. Come on. But man. what did you use? Did you use it just for men? You can't. You need highlights. That's why men's hair looks goofy. Have right. to have well, highlights. Can, can you hear us, John? Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's. I can't tell. It's. It looks like it's just sort of matted down. Is it wet? Well, yeah, well no, because I had the hat on. But it's it's yeah. it's that. My hair's never been black, but they kind of dyed it black, and it looks horrible because then my whiskers are gray, and then I didn't know if you're supposed to dye your eyebrows. Mm. So then... Let's see this. Yeah, so then I've been washing my hair three times a day with the sh- shittiest shampoo to try to get the dye out. So you uh, didn't do it yourself. Well, listen, good. Yeah. yeah, and I look, like, uh, I look like Gene Simmons now at this stage of the game, <laughs> so I can't complain over it. At some point... Some people are going completely gray, but I just can't do it yet. I'm not. You need that gray. You need that gray spots right here. And I will just, John, since you opened up and you were so honest. Yeah. And you shared your vulnerable. You you, you showed me your hair. From time to time, I'll get a little mascara thing. That's like this color of this side. Mm -hmm. And I'll cover up the gray. Okay. Yeah. I'm guilty of it. I've, you know, I don't, no one wants to get old. Yeah. Well, it and does suck because it's the first thing they say. Like, it's the one shame. You can't fat shame. You can't slut shame. But they will call you old in a heartbeat. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. That's uh, that's the thing. I had one of those moments on, um, I was telling John this, uh, on stage in Denver this weekend. I'm about to go on stage. And w- uh, later on, we're going to have uh, Kevin, Dr. Kevin on who is a comic. Oh my God. I love him amazing. from um, yeah. Colorado. And he, he's got a, uh, an amazing story. It's kind of, okay. I might know I'm all over the place, but his stories inspiration me to show that you could be four different people in your lifetime. You don't have to be guy, girl, one, and just stick with that thing that you can just go. My persona's changing. I'm changing careers. Now I'm this thing. And still have some amazing left that he was with me this whole weekend and he saw me. Uh, I felt I did a uh, reptilian uh, shedded my skin on one of the shows on Thursdays uh, in uh, Denver. And it was the most amazing show I ever had. But I came out of it chemically changed in the sense of who I am on stage. And he witnessed it. I was on stage oh. to show you because you both know. Get your penis caught in the microphone again, yeah, John? Yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I am I am lazy. So if I get to a club and they go, how much time do you want to do? I go, what's the league minimum? I'm doing I'm doing the least amount that, that I can do. This show, I was on stage for almost an hour and 40 minutes. Wow, the, Eddie I was, Griffin. I was, yeah, yeah. I was one of those guys. Um. And I, I just had this spiritual moment on stage, and uh, it was it was super fun. I won't bore everybody with it, but and were you able to remember it the next day? That's the thing. No, I've it was un. Wow, it was unredoable. Like there, there, it was one of those shows, right? There was somebody in the front row talking to him, and you just it kind of went so deep and weird. You couldn't. You, I, I don't know if you could ever repeat it. 
Mm. You know? So you did like all, like a whole improv. I was on stage. Yeah. Well, I uh, I was probably 40 minutes in before I did the first joke. I mean, I at the Denver Comedy Works, which is the the one that's not downtown, the one that's in the uh, which is south. Yeah, yeah, south is amazing. Any anyway, yeah, that that's how that happened. That that wouldn't have happened if I was at a you know a funny bone second show Friday with well that club two hundred comps specifically that one. I mean, yes, all Denver Comedy Works are amazing. It's arguably the best comedy club in the country. It's right up there with Zanies sure. for me. Those are two of my favorite ones. But those, both of those clubs are great. Now, the one that's the South one is mm-hmm. a little bit more preppy or yuppie. It's got a rich vibe to it. A lot of like rich older wealthy, people. rich older people who come in there and kind of be like, don't even know who you are and kind of go like, entertain me, you know, yeah. kind of a vibe. Yeah. Was that, did that lend, did that help you in your, is that a reason why you decided to go off and just, what did you no, do? I had this thing because I think I, I was online and, and I was talking with, I'll, I'll say these people nameless. Um, somebody was just kind of popping off about a few YouTube comics and just how diva-y and how much hand-holding they needed and stuff like that, which is not the persona. If, if you see oh. them on their on their podcast, they're very, ooh, ooh, very macho men, but then you hear just literally how babies they are. So mm-hmm. I, I was... Just like, you know what? I'm, I'm so sick of not because, you know, obviously all the Rogan stuff is happening and you go online and then everybody's like Spotify's number one for sticking with Rogan. And then I get pissed going, oh, you mean the platform that took all of my albums off because they don't want to give me two hundred dollars a year? That platform. So, right. We said that and it kind of it dipped. <laughs> no one cared. Nobody right. cares. <laughs> like it's it's there are there that. are. Minimum of 50 comedians whose all their albums are off of Spotify because they when yeah. when you get paid per stream, I, I think it's maybe for every thousand streams or three thousand. But it's literally point zero 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 four three or something like that. However, that works out in um, a bunch of comics that are represented by the same people go, hey, you can't just have free content. Uh, can we get one cent for every three thousand things and they went nope and then they pulled everybody these took all mine off you can't yeah. you can't find my albums anymore and i'm a nobody but they also took off you know like super powerful guys so when i see all the spotify stuff i'm like that's i know it's very selfish what people also don't understand is that's really also that kind of mailbox money is what we kind of called it is what got comics through because we weren't allowed to perform live so finally for once we were recognized when the when Spotify and Sirius and all those other platforms came up. Not only did it copyright our material, so then if someone did take it, you could go, hey, I this has been copyrighted a while ago. But also, it gave us some money, some income, something that was coming through to pay bills. I wouldn't have made it through without a Spotify and a Sirius. Oh, yeah, seriously. So that show, so I walk out, I look at the other Denver comic, and I and I had... I was freaking out. I looked at him. I go, dude, I don't know what I want to say when I get on stage. I, I had ever have moments where you just fight with yourself when you're on stage doing a bit and halfway through, you're like, I'm so fucking sick of this bit. Yes. I, I think. And, and you yeah. literally just like are arguing with yourself. Yeah. So I had one of those moments and then I just walk on stage and Kevin, who's going to be on, like he, he, he set him up perfect. 
beautiful intro. I walk out and I start talking and there's a kid right in the front row. And I do my stuff. I always do where I find the youngest kid, but that, that, and I asked him, I go, how old are you? Um, and this is after I tell the crowd, I go, listen, uh, I'm right down the middle vanilla comedy. I've never been groundbreaking, uh, but I don't talk about sex, race, or religion. Uh, I, I'm, I go, I'm just, you're going to be indifferent. When you leave, you're going to have a good time. But when you leave, you're going to be indifferent. I am the matchbox 20 of comedy. And I go, you just, you're not going to change the channel, but I'm not going to make any of your mixtapes. I John, it. hang on real quick. This is a perfect time. Put a pin in that thought. Okay. Last week, Tammy, we asked our listeners, our viewers, because we're live right now on Facebook and YouTube. There's comments coming up. We're going to ignore, ignore the comments for a minute. But last week we asked everybody, if you had to pick a band or a type of music to describe your type of comedy, what would it be? People look at me and go, country, southern rock. Um, so last week, John, you've said Matchbox 20 yeah. about yourself. Yeah. Shane Flynn hmm. said Heffern is Blink 182. No. No. Hmm. I don't know if I agree with that. What do you think, Tammy? What is John? Or what, what do you think I am? Or what, what would you describe yourself as yeah. if, uh, uh, musically? If John you is Jamaic. Why? <laughs> he had one hit. He, had, I, he did the. I think no. He had a lot of hits. That's not know. bad, dude. Jamaic. Jamaic. You are Jamaic because people know him. They follow him all around. The people who know him love him. <laughs> he hits stuff like if you know his song, you sing it. You know what I mean? What you he's got, remember that video? It's like, Bonsa, virtual insanity. Yeah. 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 And you like to dance and that kind of stuff. I, I see that. Yeah. That's why I laughed out loud when she said it because it's true. It's spot on. That's why. All right. So, what about you, Tammy? What am I? Probably that guy from You Spin Me Right Round. That's who I'm morphing into. Oh, I'm going to be Yeah. Yeah, I've become a real caricature of myself even lately. I'm not even sure what I mean, I'm little tiny Tim, maybe. Well, I would <laughs> I would do something because you know, everyone likes to put you so well, you know, because I sound southern, so you would maybe say country or southern rock. Yeah. And I think of Tammy, I would think something like Italian, something like Sinatra, or you know, like a some sort of a crooner. There's like a female crooner type of a thing. Well, yeah. I'm so chubby now. I look like the the fat girl from Heart. So that's <laughs> probably I'm like half a heart. There you go. Um, okay, you know what, Tammy? I'm not okay. Taking away the the, the fat comment, because um, I'm offended that you're body shaming yourself. Um, <laughs> I think Who does it better than me. Like like. A heart would be the example when I ask people, what band are you? Is the thing, because you got to go, how are their songs? Are they just, you know, you're not the Wilson uh, Phillips, right? So heart has some good yeah. songs I know there's that have people. good meetings. And then people are into them or into them. And then they've been around forever. Like there's some comics now that I see that you're like, oh, you're uh, you're that dance. You know, what's a DNC with the Jonas Brothers, the. Like you're, you won't be around. You won't have a crowd ten years from now because it just all it's eighties metal, superficial. People are gonna look back and go, "Man, that talked about just guy just talked about getting laid and being high all the time." That gets old. That's what. So, 
that's what I told the kid that's in then I'll, I'll, I'll shut up. The moment I went on stage, I'm about to look at him and I have all these jokes about younger kids. And I go, how old are you? Getting ready just to do my normal little thing that I do. He's like, I'm 23. And then I just stop and I go, I don't want to fucking talk to your age. And I, just, <laughs> I took the longest pause you could think. Cause I was like, in my head, I'm thinking, I'm not doing any of my jokes about younger people. I'm done. I'm done talking. I'm done. And then I looked at him. I go, I'm, I can't pander to your age group. Your guys, my age that want younger audiences pander. That's why they're dancing on TikTok. That's why they're talking about pot. That's I go, listen, I'm an adult. I do drugs, but I don't talk about it. And that's what a gentleman does. <laughs> that's great. That's great. <laughs> and it was I, you know, I've been honest- opening. What? Yeah, no, that's so. That's it's. Here's the thing. It occurred to me one day when I got on stage, like that there are seven generations that could be at your show at any time. Especially because where we are as comics, we aren't like you know. Doug Benson has a certain demographic. Uh, you know, Stanhope has a certain demographic. Ours is we are wide ranging. People got to know us on television, so. That meant they were watching with their kids, maybe their parents, whatever. So I literally got on stage and I kind of say this lately, but, you know, there are seven generations alive right now. You know, you have the the greatest generation, baby boomers, Gen X, Gen Y, millennials, zennials, the new gen, whatever they call it. I'm like, I, I can't possibly entertain seven generations in one show. You're supposed to pick a demographic and move forward. So if you're not happy, ask the older person you came with or the younger person if they enjoyed my show. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's why I was trying to do the music thing going, you know, like not all bands are for everybody. And and I think it's, you know. Well, I'll tell you what um, Rick Sanford the third said. That's another guy who. Well, he said, Alonzo Bowden is definitely smooth jazz, like Miles Coltrane Adderley. John Reap is definitely a cross between hair metal and southern rock, like Def Leppard, Poison, Eagles, Bad Company. And I kind of agree with him. John Heffern is a radio that is stuck on scan, and every radio station pops up for a minute and then moves on. No, I like, <laughs> like it pops up, you hear it, and then it moves to the next one. Hey Reap, I just decided. Know who you you would be, Reap? Would I get your vibe again? I, I, I'm including um, work ethic, stage performance, live shows, musical content of the songs. I would go. You're maybe 38 special. Hmm. Oh, I like that. Not I'm Southern. 38 special. 38 special. Yeah. What do they sing? Yeah. What, what's a hit? Uh, what's one of the uh, come to Atlanta. I'll, I'll play it for you while why we keep talking. Yeah, get, get it. Well, here's the thing, too. You know, I think that people, it just also depends what they meant to. Like, I'm, I'm also very white snake, by the way. Yeah. Because uh, I've been yeah. that road before. <laughs> all of us together are journey, though. <laughs> yeah, I think I, we're all like journey. I think we've been substituted by the younger guy. That's hilarious, right? Journey. Everyone loves us. Everyone knows our, our songs word for word. <laughs> there you <laughs> but, go. They love us. I think, you know, I'm jelly that you're on tour with Reno. I've been dying for all of us to go. I mean, really seriously, I don't know if we need to call it a festival and show up someplace, but if we all went, you, the, the both of you, myself, Alonzo Reap, I mean, Reap, yeah. uh, 
Reno. Uh, what's his name? Reno, Greg, who I love. I can't think of his name. Well, you I'm got so Reno, well, you know Reno Collier. That's why I wanted to do the circle of friends kind of thing. I want to, I want you, Hef, Reno, Greg Warren, maybe, I mean, we, it could grow, but like guys like us, you know, we were thinking, well, John, yeah. you were calling us jer- journeymen or what was it you were saying? Uh, oh, yeah, you, we're the you, six men off the bench. <laughs> oh, oh I like this song. This is Reap. Did you ever have a dad <laughs> who taught the principal wall? Did you ever? <laughs> right. I, I see it. I got to go look up and see what they look like, too. Oh, uh, the, the fingers comes to the Atlanta punchline every time I'm there. Uh, also, this is their uh, big song, um, too. Hey, it's 75 degrees. It's going to be about 80 a little bit later. Don't forget, everybody, we'll be at the docks all weekend. Make sure you sh- show up for the Z97 is your choice. The classic music. Hey, Joe. Hey, uh, pretty you- good. Yeah, you know it. That was good, John. That was a good talk up, John. That's good. Maybe you can uh, st- send your tape out. We yeah, can get you uh, another morning show without... Uh, Someone who was on TV as a child and hates themselves and hates everyone around them. Um, but you know what I was thinking about, too? Guys, we should get an RV and travel, and we'll just play trailer park after trailer park. So, okay. <laughs> well, I've talked Tamu, about this I, before. It'd be great. I can, yeah, I can make this happen. Okay, so uh, I have master plans of just, just controlling all of Michigan. Right. And my my goal in life would be I do a month's worth of shows in Michigan and then I sit on my I know ass. you talk about them all the time. You don't hook anybody up. I did it with <laughs> Reap. Ask him about the bowling alleys. We I actually know, I had an idea and I, I followed through with it. He was there. Yes. He saw it. He did it. Call Zoe right now. Zoe and I were talking about because Zoe and I have been doing stuff together and we feel like we should call you when we're together and go, hey, how about that? We're doing I have stuff here where I live. You. There's a 400 seat outdoor theater a mile from my house. There's a 300 seat theater within an hour of my house. You guys come to my house. We we make some of the but you you haven't even had Michelle's cooking yet. It's, it's you don't even uh, no. And we haven't even met her. I can't wait. It's the most unbelievable. I can't wait. I, can't I got wait. home. Got married. I, I, we, I, I got yeah. in the house last night and it smelled like cookies. And then I walk in another room and I go, "Is that stew?" And then I then I, I came out and there was there was mashed potatoes and stew and and, and cookies. And then I got a, a welcome home and I'm like, "What?" Anyway, <laughs> see, um, see what happens so, when your dogs die. Yeah, <laughs> you find true love. So here's the deal. Let's, let's make this happen. I can. So, yeah, I don't know. If John well, will be part of it. Well, this yeah. is the start of it, guys. I mean, us talking as much as possible every week, rotating people in and out. We start with a core yeah. group. We start with a core group. We build it, you know, and the, the Reap and Reno ones, Reno's making that happen. I'm just like going, okay, you know. So I know. Well, and I. I love Reno. I, you know, I think that uh, I've been wanting to work with all of you guys. It's definitely time. And when are we going to do it? If we don't do this now, I mean, what are we going to do? The retirement tour yeah. where we make our way down to, to South Florida and then just stay, stay at whatever there. home yeah. has us so, there. But let me tell you about the uh, retirement tour, Tammy. We're also almost too late for that. 
they have these things. If you want to perform where all the retirement people are, you, they have showcases, just like when you were 20 doing NACA showcases. John, so, let me let me fill you in. I once sat in between a Judy Garland impersonator and an Elvis impersonator and thought, how fast could I choke myself to death? Yeah. Um, so that's where I was there. So they're already booked to like 2000, like 30, which is good. Cause we're going to be the perfect age. But if it was me reap you and we could uh, Reno or Alonzo, but if you put Alonzo in, then there's a little bit more of a theme. Just, we could, we should do that. Who would, who would not want to see that? We all do 20 minutes. Nobody's mm-hmm. crazy. Nobody talks yeah. to the yeah. audience. You go up and do 20 minutes. We go up and we're done. Yeah. I, yeah. I think your, your child well, just I, fell off of a table. I just kicked. I, I just, that was my wooden leg. All right. So, <laughs> okay. So, you know, um, let's, that's a great idea. Let's yeah. do this. Uh, let's bring in our, uh, the, the three of us, we can talk to our next guest who I spent this weekend with in Denver. Every time I'm in Denver, I, I hope he works with you, um, or he's working at the club because, I sit and I listen to all of his stories the entire time in the green room because he's had such a fascinated life. And then when he's telling stories and you hear your name being called, you're kind of bummed that you have to stop listening to the stories and uh, go on stage. So I don't even know where to begin once we start talking to him because the man's life is he's literally like that um, Dosecki's got. He's like the literally most, the know, most interesting did, man in the, the world. Most- so. Let's hit all the buttons and get Kevin on. Woo! The buttons. No, <laughs> the buttons. Hey! Uh, wait. Um, hold. Hey, Kev. Okay, hold on. Yeah, Kev, we're gonna we're gonna. <laughs> do. So we have buttons. Let's. I just called him last week, by the way, or maybe three oh, weeks did? ago, over my dog because yeah, he's amazing. Oh, oh, oh th- thank you for setting that up, Tammy Pescatella. Um, we're gonna talk to this guy coming up. It's Kevin. But he's on a, a bunch of vet TV shows. He's a vet. He's a vet by trade. Every time I've seen him, I ask him dog questions when I and people always do that. So right now in the comment section, because we're not looking, if you have any question that you would want to ask a vet, this is the time. Not not a, a, an army vet. So a veterinarian. If there's if you have any questions about your animals doing this or that, what do I do with this? This or this. Uh, at the end, uh, Kevin, we we will all answer them. So in the comments, if you have any questions about your animals, um, put them there. Okay, now we'll hit. He's not a regular vet, by the way. Too. He's like no. a guy that goes down and takes no. polar bears. Yeah, Although, polar bears, uh, penguins. He's got so many conservation <laughs> type things going on. He does. He does. Yeah, tortoises. I, I literally think polar bears there are three thousand tortoises swimming in the ocean that has had his finger up there behind. Literally three thousand. So there we go. It's probably a support group. Okay, now we'll hit the buttons and have Kevin on. All right. Woo! There they are. There they are. Kevin, 
Hello. Kevin, I apologize. I sent, I, I thought I had another video for you. That's why I kept saying that. It was a video of all the, your intro. And I did it with my creepy John Heffern AI computer voice. Alan, if you, do you have that video? If not, then here comes. Okay. Wait, he got on. two videos. He was and a security got guy for Bill Graham. This yeah. let Kevin Fitzgerald is a Denver native, but he's well-traveled and known around the world. Early on, he was a security guy for Bill Graham. This led him to security details with big bands, most notably the Rolling Stones and Willie Nelson. He's been a vet for 26 years at a lame East Veterinarian Hospital in Denver and a stand-up comedian for 22 years. He's best known around the country for Animal Planet's reality series, Emergency Vets. Please welcome Kevin Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> That's an old thing. I, I've been a veterinarian for 40 years and doing. Well, also, Kevin, I got to be honest with you. On that bio I got it from, it said you were 57. So I just didn't retype the math because I figured. I'm 70. I, you know, I would have been, you know, 71, but I was sick of you. But I, I, I'm 70. I'm 70, but I can read it. <laughs> I can read it at a 71 year old level. here's what i don't even know where to start with people if people never who don't know who who you are or they're watching this and they're like who's this guy that's easy (laughs) well but you have such an amazing life that it always kind of for me i always love hearing about your i don't even know how many lives before because you're, you're a comic who's performed forever in unbelievably funny you're also a veterinarian but then even before that life well um you did security for some of the biggest bands that ever exist and you have the craziest stories about uh, i mean you work for let me just uh rolling stones right i did uh yeah. willie nelson i worked for willie if, willie's the and, best he knows every joke he knows every joke willie willie's so funny he's like you know, how come Hitler? How come Hitler doesn't drink tequila? It made him mean. <laughs> that's, that's a that's a Willie joke. That's a Willie. You told me so. Like I, I don't even know where to begin. So we'll just kind of start life. So you are a, a young man. In it, did you live in San Francisco at the time? Is that how you got with the Billy Graham? No, no, Ish. no. I, I I started off. I started off here in Denver. And Barry Fay, my, my promoter that I started with here, uh, Barry was revolutionary and was far-sighted about tours. And he revol- revolutionized the, the modern tour and went to, went to the Stones and said, listen, right now, when tours come over, you have to deal with a different promoter in every city. And, you know, there's a, a nut cutting in every uh, accounting room about how many butts were in seats. So he said, I'll sell every ticket for the whole tour. And that revolutionized things. And so I was working at the door at a place. You know, he, he told me, uh, you know, I'll give you a, Chuck Morris, his, his partner said, I'll give you a buck 39 an hour. And, and uh, we, we were, my brother, my cousins, we were, we were fighting in uh, supper clubs, you know, and they, they saw us fighting, you know, the golden gloves or whatever. And, and so they hired us to work the door at places. So he said, I'll give you a buck 39 an hour and a hamburger every shift, you know, and a flashlight. That, that was in 1968. That was the minimum wage. And so... So you said, but you'll I got news for you. That's what they paid me when I started comedy too. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. There's that. Right. So there's so, a guy working the Funny Bone Columbus making the exact same thing, but he doesn't get a hamburger or a flashlight. Yeah. Right. So, so then then he he started these tours, 
and they needed security. You know, they needed some bouncers. We needed to go. My job would go a day ahead of the band, hire the bouncers in that town, look at the hotel, how we get them from the airport to the hotel, hotel to the venue, venue back, keep the kids away. And then it evolved. In the beginning, you, you know, comic, uh, it was it was like comedy. It was it was the tourist uh, rock and roll concerts were the concert business was seat of the pants, and now it's giant corporations. You know, so it's really changed. So you at, at that time, so you ended up then starting. What what are some of the bands that you've done security for, or th- that you feel like? I've heard you just mention randomly some of the biggest rock artists ever, and then you would tell a conversation like it was just you hanging out with them. So who are some of the... You're, not, the you're, you're working for them, you know, but they're people, so they talk to you. You know, and, and so I, I work for anybody that Barry put out on the road or Bill put out on the road, you know, later on I, I work for Graham. And, and so um, you know, you work for different bands. I work for the, the Parliament Funkadelic, you know, I worked for I, I, I worked for Justin Airplane, I, I, you know, Grateful Dead, um, worked for the... They, they hired the Rolling Stones bouncers, the Who did afterward, and you know, so uh, country bands. I worked for Willie and Waylon, um, yeah, Emily Harris, you know, anybody that was out on the road between '69 and, and '85 when I when I stopped. I, I I came back out of retirement to do the Wu Tang in in 2002, but I still don't know who, who the hell Ameriquois is. Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> All I can tell you, younger people, is your favorite bands suck. <laughs> <laughs> your favorite bands suck. I mean, it's been done. It's been done. Death. Okay, so to, to make it about me, because there's repass two fans that are constantly letting them know that I talk too much and, and the they're going to listen to country-ish <laughs> because I talk. So for them... This is why I'm asking you that question. You were there Thursday night when I had this show. I called Reeve, John, walking, because every once in a while we talk off of a thing. And I I think for like 10 minutes, I was just spouting out, dude, I had like, it was one of those moments where you have to have gratitude. It was otherworldly. The kid was sitting in the front row. He looked like he was nine years old. He really looked too young. And he was 22. And he was sitting with this older lady who could have been his mother. And, And so John said, is, is this your mom? He said, no, it's my grandmother. So he came with his mom and his grandmother to the show. And he said, well, do you, if they got to talk and he said, you, he, he kid says, I live at home. And he said, you live in the basement. And, and he goes, yeah, I, there's nothing down there very much except my bed and a tanning machine, a tanning uh, booth. Thing. And so he says, John says, who uses it? And he says, my mother's friends. And so he says, well, I've seen this you know, like, like you know, like, like, like tanning, tanning, uh, tanning stars. Eighty. You know, it, it was just. I mean, everything the kid said, you couldn't even top it. I mean, if you'd been, if we had written this stuff for him, it, it was. It, and so John did forty minutes with this kid before he did any jokes, and the audience was roaring because the kid would say, you know, it was, it was, it just, it was one of those nights, you know, and it's, it's what. You know, we need to be fearless and we need to just not rely on our act. And I, I don't like it when people talk to the crowd, but, you know, I, I like to hear jokes and think, man, I wish I would have written that. But but uh, this this was really uh, the, the kid with the, the banner between the two of them was was funnier than, than not funnier than his act because he came out and got a standing ovation after that. But but um, it was it was really something to see. It was Did one I, of those things where you go, right? Yeah, we have so many. 
we have so many just crap shows and and John and Tammy will know <laughs> where, where, where you call up afterwards and you just kind of go, what are we doing? Fuck this. And and then every once yeah, in a while. I get those calls. Jo- Reap gets the good show calls. I get the crap show yeah, calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We but get anybody the, but- who works with Kevin is ex- like when you get to Denver and you see that Kevin is working with you, Kevin, you have to understand from I'm not just saying this because you're on there like that is a big deal. I'm bummed if I don't get to see you in Denver. You're very kind to say that. You know, I think we're very lucky. Truth, right? We're lucky here in Denver because we have great comics. We have great people like you guys coming through. And so, you know, we've had we've had a great role models, you know, to see what, what, what works and what doesn't. I, I want to read one of the comments real quick, John, because I'm not used to this new platform we're using or whatever. And I thought this one was interesting. Someone named Sonia Collings said, uh, it's kind of like Kevin's a cross between Sam Elliott, but he sounds like Tommy Chong. Yeah, I work, right, right. I, I work for Tommy Chong. Oh, yeah? Of course. They were the opening act for Santana. So when I was bouncing for Santana, they came out and uh, I think he stole my voice. <laughs> <laughs> He was being interviewed on the radio, and my brother called me up and said, you're on the radio right now. I said, no, that's Tommy Chong. <laughs> okay, so uh, I, as much as I would like to talk about me and how hilarious I am off the cuff, um, yeah. let's go back to you, Kevin. Um, and, Tammy, feel free if you have things to talk about. I feel like I – Well, I think Kevin – Kevin has such an amazing story. Kevin, what – why don't you tell uh, everybody too? Like I once, I once called you and you were in Antarctica. You were oh, like, I, you just got me. I have cell service because I'm in Antarctica, and we were working with the penguins, right? Yeah. Well, I've been very lucky, you know, with my life. You know, I just started off growing up Irish Catholic here in Denver, and then you know, then bouncing for bands, and then veterinary stories, and then humor and comedy. But then the conservation has been amazing for me. There's 10 million other forms of life on the planet besides us. And, you know, we were given this wonderful intellect and this wonderful biodiversity, all these animals, and all the other animals are waiting for us to use our intellect to save the place. But I, I'm confident that we can. So I've been lucky to, uh, I've been to Antarctica three times and, and then to the north, to the Arctic, you know, with polar bears to, uh, seven times. And, and so it, it's amazing, you know, and, and when people tell me, you know, about, uh, uh, you know about global warming not happening or something. Sometimes when you when you go and, and see the incredible melting that's happening, you know you, you, it hits your home and, and it hits home pretty fast. And I, I think it, rather than beat people over the head with negativity, I think we, we we have to be positive and we have to win this one. And I'm optimistic because I, I think people are creative and I, I think we can. I mean, look what we did. We we got a vaccine that quickly, and and so I think we have to be optimistic. I'm I'm a I'm a radical optimist. I would say. Again, so again, people like go online and and look up Kevin because here's what I love about him. We can have the conversation we just had and then watch how I'm going to flip it, just like hit and scan on a radio dial. Now I'm going to ask you about smashing people in the face with a fake piece of wood you had on your arm during Rolling Stone concert. See, that's what I'm talking about. It wasn't wood. It was lead. Why is wood when lead's available? Your arm is is big and your hand is little. But the the thing about bouncing for bands was, you know, it wasn't about bloody mouths. It was about it was about not having bloody mouths and no lawsuits. You know, and and, you know, I I was proud that we we put in so many people into 
concerts and nobody was hurt or crushed. And, and you want people to have a good time. And the name of the game is sequel. So over time, we went from thumping heads to, to, to having it be a, a nice show, you know, a, a nice show. And, I, you know, I think, it, it, see the things, when I worked for the Rolling Stones, um, the wheelchair kids would be down on, on the, if they couldn't have them on the floor of the stadium because the, the kids jump when the lights go off from the sides and everybody rushes the floor, rushes the front of the stage. So if the wheelchair kids are down there, they would get crushed. And they, they would, and we were behind the barricade, so we couldn't help them, the bouncers. So they, they, they put them up high, away from everybody else, and it stigmatized the kids. You know, here's a kid in a wheelchair, and now he's just with 23 other wheelchair kids. But every show, Jaguar would ask me, you know, that we did, where are they? I'd say they're in 23. How many chairs? 23. And he didn't do it as a photo op, and he didn't do it. We'd hide him and put some over his head and take him through the guts of the place, and he'd pop out. And, it, and I'd, I'm dating myself, but I'd get 23 cassette tapes and 23 T-shirts and then put a cassette tape on every, and a shirt on. everybody's like, ah, thanks for coming, baby. We couldn't do it without you. And, and then just leave, you know. And every time we walked back, it was, how, how, how can we ever forget how lucky we are? You know, I mean, why, wow. you know, you, you, got this, you, you got this big body and thump heads for us. And, and, um, and I got no, you know, and we're so lucky. We can never forget it. And if he could say that, how, how much more we could do, right? So we can never forget it. And what we do is little, but what as comedians, what we do is small and beautiful, right? It's, it's not the biggest deal. You know, the fate of the Western world doesn't hang, but the people come in and they, and they, they just have bad news. And, you know, for, for 90 minutes, you know, or, or for 130 minutes, you know, for, for 100, uh, you know, it was 90, 90 minutes for you, you know, for 90 minutes, they get taken somewhere else, you know, and, and they're out of it, you know, and it's it's a it's the the best uh, non drug that there is, you know, and, and these days are crazy. I mean, there's so much bad news, you know. I mean, and you, you try and write jokes about the stuff that's happening. That joke they gagged on the other night. I said, you know, why don't they play baseball in Wuhan? <laughs> you know, they eat bats. You know, you can't even. <laughs> you know, everybody food, you know. I mean, over. <laughs> You, you try and write your little hey, jokes. Hey, that's my closer. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't get enough Wuhan stuff, you know. It, you know, and so, so I, I think, uh, you know, there, there's always been comedians. There's always been comedians. You know, uh, if if we look at the, some of the cave walls, I'm, I was reading National Geographic, and 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 some of them they think are cartoons, and they were made to be funny. You know, or you look at Pompeii and, you know, and the stuff that was written on the walls. So there's, there's always been there's always been a need for people to laugh, I think. And, and now more than ever. I had. When, I bet it uh, said my sister-in-law's a whore on those walls, too. Okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's probably one big, giant pecker on there, too. Yeah, no, there is. There is. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure, you know. I wonder if there's somebody cave painter guy back then. It was like, hey, if you like what was painted on the wall, I'm selling merch outside. Make sure you stop by <laughs> yeah. the merch so table. The poor wife, the poor wife. And there the was cave, always a- the, the the wife of the the wife of the caveman would say, "Hey, quit writing on the walls. We won't get our damage deposit back." <laughs> right, right. right. There was always somebody too. There was like the guy who painted the walls and the guy who came up to him and said, "I usually paint the walls." This week. <laughs> yeah, at at, at oh. Denver, when, when uh, people are leaving, I just walk out there, and this woman comes up to me, and she takes off her mask. She's she goes, I just have to say something uh, to you. Uh, she she goes, you are part of my healing, and I went, uh, 
what mm-hmm. go on. And she goes, I was in a coma for five months and they would play spoken word or comedy because somehow she explained to me, like, just so you hear people talking to you. So your brain can kind of pose the music or something. And you were a big part of that. And that was thing. And then she was there with maybe 30 people at the comedy club because I was, I, I test well with people in a coma being forced to listen to comedians. I'm one of the hottest comedians on that playlist. Um, it was she, my act that actually put her in the coma. Yeah, that's the thing. And she showed up and she told me that I go, you had to listen to me for five months in a coma. And she's like, that's yeah. Right. I'm like, so are you here to serve the lawsuit or are we cool? And then she goes, yeah, we're good. And then I had to ask her, you know, cause we've all been that tired where, where you're like, so what's a coma like? I'm not saying I'm like, I don't want people to be in one, but it's got to feel good for like a day or two. Right? Yeah. I bet you <laughs> right. wake up out of a well-rested, you know? Well, you know, I think with comedy, music's the same way. You know, I never could play an instrument, but, you know, I'd rather sing than eat. Most people would rather hear me eat. But but <laughs> I, I think that, uh, you know, being, being that close to the music, all I could do to, it would be a bouncer to get close to it. But the music, it's generational. You know, I, I mean, I, I laugh at your guys' music, but I don't mean it because I can't understand your music. The music, that my music, a, a touchstone, you know, a, a time that you go back to. I remember my father walking around the house helping my mother in, on Saturday mornings, and he's dusting and stuff, and he's got Frank Sinatra, and he goes, man, this really swings. And my brother and I were going making square signs, you know, like, man, you're, he's a square, dad's a square. But if you, if you go back and listen, if you go back and listen, it really does swing. And, and so, but everybody has their own generational stuff. So you really can't say my, my favorite band sucks. So, so hey, uh, John, let so me ask I want to make question. sure everybody who's, who's listening, if you <laughs> have any veterinarian. Like question one, one, okay. at some point, um, if I may, oh, Kevin. Well, it's not even really from me, but I'm just looking at the comments section. I don't know what this one means. Uh, Joel Pace wants to know if you still wear tights on stage. I used to tap dance. But then yeah. I remember to put the potato. Of course in. you did. You did what? I'm sorry. Did. You know, I, I, I always wanted, <clears throat> when I turned 50, I thought, you know what? I always wanted to learn how to tap dance. So I joined this group called the Whirling Dervishes. You know, I was the oldest. I was 50. And the second oldest was eight. But he got a lot of the solo. There was a six-year-old and two five-year-olds. And so, so uh, it's when we had the show on Animal Planet. So anyway... Uh, I, I wanted to learn how to tap dance. So I went and I told the woman and she goes, yeah, we don't have adult things. You can join this group. So one day I was smoking a cigar, waiting to go and dance with my troop. And one of the mothers said, whose father are you? And I said, you'll see. And I went and they threw me out of the troop, but they were holding me back. So I, threw my, <laughs> I, I, I used to, I used to take my pants off and have tights on and then tap dance. And that was my closer. And, and so that might there's, be one. there's something really good about an old guy. Uh, dancing, you know, and, and, oh, yeah. and so it, it was, uh, it was endearing, and <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it was. Kevin, it was, don't don't say anymore because John's already thinking. Half no. is already trying to figure out how we can sign up for a tap dancing class. Right oh, no, now. okay. So with that, Tammy, you joke, Tammy. So I was telling uh, Michelle two weeks ago. <laughs> I said, there's a thing I saw called Tap Fit. It's like Taibo. What? Have you seen Tammy, it? It's like, you should start a soccer hotline, Tammy. 
<laughs> it's called tap fit. And the whole thing is, is you do, um, you do tap <laughs> dancing to stay in shape. <laughs> Everyone yeah. will want to tap dance. <laughs> yeah, she called it. That's great. That's By the way, what I was going to say, John, is if you have any questions <laughs> about uh, your animals, uh, Kevin might uh, an- answer a few. I just want to make sure we get those in. Because I would do that. Every time I would go to Denver, I had two old dogs. And every time I see Kevin, I would just bring up my old dogs. And I'd always try to get out of them. How long do they have left? Right. So it was like, you know, they're 13 year old shepherds. I'm like, well, let's say I call them and they take a second day. And then over the years. So he's always been um, helpful. Mm-hmm. And then I, then I told him. Cool. I saw some oh. questions someone asked. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. You're no, you guys, But I saw um, that there was someone who, uh, she said, uh, I have a 13 month old timber wolf hybrid and now two of her babies that are now going on seven weeks. I guess that's not a question. Um, but does anyone have it? Does Kevin have anything noteworthy to share about wolves? <laughs> well, they've just reintroduced wolves here into Colorado. And, and, uh, Oh, wow. It, wolves, wolves are always here. <clears throat> the last wolf pack in Colorado was, was, was poisoned in the, in, uh, wolves were in every County in Colorado until 1913. And they're amazing animals. The, the last pack here, they, they did a football shaped elliptical, uh, route that they covered every 10 days. It was about 60 miles long. And, and so the, you know, they're a pack animal and, uh, the, the younger males will eventually, you know, uh, push off the older ones and the old crippled guys become lone wolves that, you know, they can't keep up. And, and, uh, amazing social animals and, and our, our dogs came from wolves and, you know, like even this, even Mrs. Thompson, my little dog and, and <laughs> down to us from wolves. and, and you know, wolves only uh, wag their tails when they're puppies, you know? And, and so, oh, know that. so our dogs have kept a lot of, uh, of baby things so that we'll feed them. You know, some people think dogs are, are social parasites, you know, and, they, they, you know, they told the, some wolves told each other way back when, hey, if you follow those guys and wag your tail, they'll throw something at you, and, you know, a, a chicken or, a, you know, a, a pork chop. So but they're, they're amazing. It, uh, you know, they can recognize our facial expressions. Dogs have uh, and, and wolves. If you look at them, the position, of their tail, their ears, they're, they're, they're really social animals, you know, and uh, that's why I think they fit so well with with people. You know, I think that. Uh, you know, dogs aren't man's best friend, but they're wolf derived, and wolves are interesting, interesting animals. You know, I think, uh, but it, I don't know how compatible they're going to be here in Colorado with livestock. So we'll see. Well, yeah, about, so, um, here, uh, this is what John's going to now think of the name of our yeah. tour: the Lone Wolves Tour. Well, Tammy, you yeah, don't. Thanks. Okay, so <laughs> Kevin, I have a question for you, <laughs> Tammy. But do you remember what I said? One of the biggest things I said on our season of Last Comic Standing in uh, that aired in 1976, right after uh, Sanford and Sons. <laughs> right after White Shadow. Yeah. Uh, do you remember what I said on that? I remember after, that you're after the lone episode wolf? one, I look at the I look at the camera, right? I'm the lone wolf. And I go, I'm going to be a lone wolf. I'm not getting more things. So I've always been a lone wolf. Wow. Kind of anyway, so Kevin. Wait, hey, what about well, penguins? Let's talk this. about penguins. Um, yeah, let's talk about penguins. Well, not in Reese. Cedar Rapids. Scott Reese wants to know, is it true that penguins, and I, I don't know if this is true, do they not have a fear of humans, penguins? <laughs> well, it's not that they don't have a fear. If you realize it, that they're probably only, you know, 
just a little while ago, no humans set foot on Antarctica, you know, on, until you know the, the beginning of this century. So, so I, I think that uh, in, there's parts of beaches that we would land on where they, they'd never seen people, and so they have no reason to fear you. So they 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 walk up to you, you know, they walk right up. That's a great question. Can I ask a quick question? Um, what about in Florida with this Burmese python? I heard it has no predator that it actually can take on gators. Is that true? Yes. My, my friend Doug Mater is a, a great veterinarian in the Keys, and I went out with him into the Everglades. And we used to think that they were just dumped, you know, that, that people dumped their pet, uh, you know, bog, or uh, these are Burmese pythons. And, and so they right. I heard that they came from uh, the earth or the hurricanes, right? The hurricane, That's what they the, the hurricane blew, blew from a, a pet store supply place, <clears throat> and maybe three or four hundred of them in, into the keys. And so, with no natural predators, they they uh, they can really take off. And and there was one study done where they put radio transmitters into uh, rabbits. I mean, a hundred of them. I mean, within one year. They found 77 of them within Python. So they're really going to have an impact. And there's a bounty on them. And, and, but you've been in the Everglades. I mean, it, it, it is so, uh, it's, it's so thick and so, so dense that, I mean, they'll never, I mean, I don't think you can ever find them all. I have a random doing that. species like that, you know, that, where they shouldn't be, you know, and, and that's a, that's, it keeps happening with, with, you know, animals that come in. Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. I, no, I was going to ask you, as, as I'm looking at other questions, uh, Do we, I don't know if we want to get into kangaroo vaginas. <laughs> that looks interesting. Uh, All <laughs> right. So, I just um, I think you should isolate that clip right there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so, know. Uh, <laughs> I don't here's know what I love about Kevin. Into. We can literally switch it, but I'm not going to do it to who was the coolest band, like, uh, go back to music, but I have a question. You just working at a vet place and we had conversations in the green room about just various animals um, eating stuff and you having to go in and retrieve it. You were telling me how horrible it is for cats to eat yarn because it's, it's, it's like bad news for the cat. the tongue and then it comes out and it cuts, yeah. So, I mean... What I are the things you've seen that animals have eaten? Oh, man. I mean, where are they not? You know, I saw a chow eat a steak knife, you know, a, a wristwatch, you know, a thong underwear that wasn't the, you know, wasn't the, the woman in the family, you know, and so the husband was in the dog. <laughs> you know, thong underwear, and the woman wanted him back after going through the dog's intestinal tract. So wait a minute, you know, <laughs> you're kidding me. But, but, um, <laughs> You weren't supposed to tell anybody that, Kevin. I asked you that in confidence. The, 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 thing, the thing about it is that, that uh, um, you, you know, I, I think there's something about us. There's something about people that we need animals. We, we need the connection. As we become more urban and, and you know, live in, uh, you know, in these concrete cocoons, you know, that, that we need we need to touch nature, you know. And so I, I tell people, get outside and, and, and but the stuff that they can eat, you know, uh, my I had an English bulldog and she was thrown up all the time. So I, I took an X-ray and there was something in her stomach and I thought we could get her with the endoscope. So we've got the scope in there and turned it on. There's a screen so you can see where it is and you can retrieve it with these little little pinchers. And there was a face and, and it was a dinosaur. And my nieces had fed uh, 26 dinosaurs with peanut butter on them 
So when we got them all out, I mean, they'll, they'll eat anything. And, and part of it's our problem because of boredom. You know, they're bored and there's nothing to do in the house. So I think we have to safeguard their environment. But more talk about bands. <laughs> well, yeah, I got I got a no, little that, nervous because I was watching the comments, and then I saw something go. Who's the ghost be- between Heffern? And then somebody goes, "Tell me that I'm uh, somebody else saw it." And yeah. um, right, you guys. I don't know what John or Tammy. John, if you saw something behind me, would you let me know? Or is that? Yeah, I don't well, know. No, what I, they're seeing. Of course, I. Okay. Yeah, I'm anyway, trying sorry. to blow the screen. Green up a little bit. I don't know. I think they're seeing, you know, your music stand over there. Mm-hmm. There might be something uh, like a shadow there. Okay. All Maybe right. they don't know that you're, Maybe you're evil. That you have all kinds of paint blues. <laughs> Maybe you're evil. Yeah. Kevin, so, so if we go back to your bouncing days, um, who, who, right, people always want to hear crappy stories about people. Out of everybody you worked with, who, who do you think of that? Well, you think you think of them very fondly. Going, that was that person was just a good person. Gladys Knight, Gladys ah. Knight the sweetest woman in the history of the world. Always remembered you for the next tour. Oh, how's vet school? How are you doing? You know, I mean, and and had so much time for her fans. You know, and 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 just no Gladys Knight. You know, oh, Gracie Slick. You know, I mean, the coolest ever, you know, I mean, and, and just, I mean, I mean, you meet these people and you realize that they're just people, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're just, they're just, they're, you know, they, they, they got to this stage where, but it, it, unless they, they buy into it, but it, it's so nice when they don't buy into it. It's like the, the comedians we know that have it re, reach, it gotten to that rarefied air status and, and then they're still really great people, you know. I mean, yeah. Norm Macdonald, he would tell me, he goes, is it really true that dogs can't look up? Who <laughs> 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 told you that? You know, and he goes, I just, I just always wondered, you know, you're like a science guy. You can help me with this, you know. <laughs> of course they can look up, you know. <laughs> so I know. I- I feel bad that we ask you all the time. Like I called you a couple of weeks ago, but just to be fair, just know this, that uh, I also call Ken Jung with any medical questions <laughs> I have yeah. to, just so you know, yeah. uh, just cause, Hey, we're friends. And well, I'm like, that, that's what I do. You know, that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I can't help you. You know, I'm not the, the smartest veterinarian in the world. We have specialists, but I, I can find somebody that can help you. And I, after 40 years, I do have some experience with it. So I, I, you know, I do it every day still. I just came from work now, you know, and, and, you know, we had, we had uh, great stuff today. You know, great stuff. Had a iguana eat a, got into a piggy bank and ate a bunch of pennies. And they, 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 have, <laughs> they you know, they're made now from zinc and zinc is poisonous as we had to get them out with the endoscope. So, I mean, but coins have uh, salt on them, you know, and, and, and so that, the, it's all from human hands. So that's probably what, what had him. <clears throat> we should tell him something to learn something. We also had a dog with a, a ping pong ball crazy glued to the top of his head. And the woman tried to pull it off. And she took a scissors, this golden retriever. And he was looking around like, what? what? And, and so the woman, cut the, the woman cut the top of the head. And uh, so for the people out there, um, if you want something to release crazy glue, neosporin, 
has something in it that'll make it pop off. And so it was nice. Mm. And then I looked in the corner. And she, Where was, were you with the Gorilla Glue lady? Yeah, <laughs> 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 right. Yeah, we, we had a comic that we worked with this weekend, and I forgot his name, but he was the guy who went in front of me, the, the big guy from, like, Oklahoma. Yeah, Derek or, or Stroop from Alabama. Yeah. What's his name? Derek Stroop. Derek Stroop. So he's one of those guys where when you see him performing in front of you, you just go, you just stop eating, and you just kind of go, oh, fuck, I got to punch in. This is going to be difficult. He just gets on stage and murders the whole time. Super friendly. Wow. This is bit right. I mean, I even looked at you and I go, Can you go out and just like read him a book for two minutes, please? Because then I'll take a moment. <laughs> but he was telling a story about he had a cat and it, he was trying to make his cat look nicer and clipped all of his cat's whiskers off oh, no. to trim them. And then the <laughs> poor cat was walking on like it was it was drunk and couldn't have any balance. I didn't know that cat whiskers do that. I've never thought about clipping my cat's whiskers when I no, had cats. But- they have these long tracks, these long nerve uh, tracks that go to the brain for for balance and for yeah. So it, it's it's yeah, they're very important. That's why old people get nose hairs, <laughs> right? <laughs> so explains it. So you guys, you guys aren't old. You guys aren't old. You stuff. Oh, okay. I, just, I just turned 70 and they had a roast for me. It was great. You know, the, the community. Oh, had- I wish I would have known. I would have come out for that. It was so great. And, and, uh, but I mean, I just, you never think you're going to be, you know, that guy. And it's just, it's not you, you know? And I listen to my music. My, my nieces come over, they call my house old town because of the stuff I listen to. You know, but I can't. It's not real to listen to their thing and snap your fingers and stuff. I don't know who Way is. <laughs> Wait, well, no, Kevin. Not that you just show. just didn't age yourself, but I don't think anybody snapped their fingers for at least forty years. I still, hey. I, I yeah, still, I don't. I do, 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 do people snap? I don't even know. I've not seen one TikTok snack. Uh, snap video. <laughs> Nobody. I'm on fire. Don't you know, people? Tammy, you're killing it. Not an hour forty minutes fire like half in Denver, but I'm on fire right here on the roof. <laughs> you know who snaps is uh, flipping it around. <laughs> Greg Hahn does a lot of snapping, doesn't he? I don't know that guy. Kevin, what was your favorite roast joke that they said to you? Well. They were just mean, mainly, you know. I've been dating that same girl that you met, and, and she said, yeah. I'd I like to play connect the dots with his liver spots. You know? <laughs> 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 like that. But, but, you know, I you got wrote to that re- herself? No, I wrote all her jokes. <laughs> but, but she, she, you know, she wrote a lot. Uh, but I got to say things, uh, you know, and rebut them, you know, and, and, um, and, and you know, and Josh Blue was there and, and he kept leaving this, this stage, you know, going to the dressing room and all of a sudden this fog would come out, you know, come <laughs> back and he'd keep leaving, coming back. And I said, you know, they say that he smokes a lot of pot, you know, but, but uh, actually, you know, he, he has to buy that much because he spills so much. When he rolls his joints, <laughs> you know, we were mean to each other. I mean, <clears throat> there was another older guy, and I said, "I wish they could have met you when you were still alive." 
know. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. What's uh, I see you have a puppy there on your lap. What's your dog's name? What kind of a, what, what kind of dog are we looking at uh, here? This is this is uh, Mrs. Thompson, and she, oh yeah, she's a uh, oh she stray. The Denver police brought her in. Quick, quick, just stay still. And and so anyway, she put you up so they can see you. So so she uh, she brought in. She'd been uh, out in the, the snow and, and was frostbitten and, and was astray and, and out, they were crying and the police were, you know, they get a bad rap, but man, they do nice things. And they brought this dog and he's put her to sleep. She's too frozen. But I, I warmed her up. I was going to find a home for her. But that was four years ago. Now she's my vice president, you know. She's a lot, <laughs> she's a lot of company, you know. She's a lot, she's a lot of company. Uh, so, so, yeah, she... she uh, I, I use her in my act. You should bring, like we were talking <laughs> to with, uh, Alonzo yeah. Bowden last week, and he's got a big uh, Marmaduke Great Dane, and me and John told uh, Alonzo, listen, bring your dog on stage with you. Like, it can't be all these people with <clears throat> little dogs, up. man. I started off as an animal act. I started off as a chicken act. I had, a, I, I, it was Chick Fowler and Jackie Davis, and I was Chick Fowler, and I played the accordion, and the chicken would dance. And then I, I stapled some uh, some uh, just little tinsel to his arms and go like this. He didn't like the music. Actually, didn't like the music. And then, I, folks, I know you love to see me, but the real star of the show is I bring out a little tiny chick, Jackie Davis Jr. But the, the chickens moved. Their well, I can't read that. What does it say? Chicken man. Chickens, man. That's what he's chicken. This, Kevin, this is everything that Jeff is thinking. I know. Chickens, I love that. Man, I love that you can, you can see it hits out of his brain as someone's talking. Yeah. Well, you know, we've all, okay. So two weeks oh, ago, wait. we were talking about having chickens in the chicken coop. And then we were trying, I was like, okay, Kevin, did I not tell you about chickens? Yeah. Okay. okay. No, Tammy, here's how amazing you are. I know you, I talked honey. about chickens. I know you. We've been friends. I, like I, I know you. I, I told Kevin, you. I go, I we want to get chickens. And then we, I go, but the only problem with getting chickens is then you got, I got to create a whole, the entire world there. Cause now I got to fend off the coyotes to fight the chickens. And then we start talking about worm farming. That that was the other ideal I had where I was going to eat worms, yeah. get the soil good and sell the soil to the pot guys that need good soil for their pot. And then Kevin told me that he had already had a thing called the circle. circle what was it called? Ranch. I had a worm ranch. I bought this worm ranch. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. My, my roommate from college, Fred the German, he said, listen, my grandmother died and I have $7,000. And my grandmother died and left me a little money. So he said, you know what? I know what, what do people always need? Worms. So let's buy the circle of worm ranch. So we did. And so, um, but, you know, there was a worm drought and we, we lost our money. What My do mother, people, what do people mother, always need? Worms. <laughs> worms. <laughs> Wait, and then here's his next thought. Mushrooms. Worms. Because oh, then he thought about mushrooms. He, he was, I know he, was he thought about mushrooms. So I was and admit it. Okay. Uh, admit it. So, so Tammy admit just showed mushrooms. It. Right, let's see if she's right. Kevin, this weekend, what did we also all talk about? We talked about what mushrooms, I and then I started talking about that other thing, Creighton, uh, the Creighton thing that I just discovered that's like kava, 
And then we had to look up to see if it was actual drug. So, Tammy, where are you? I can't do it anymore. I got to leave. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You were channeling us. You were there. You, you were, were channeling. We, we had all those conversations. We talked about worms. Then we talked about mushrooms. Um, and we, yeah, all that stuff. Tammy, we're just going to have you on to predict, like, (laughs) um, yeah, I I got some ideas, Tammy. She she knows what they are. (laughs) She knows knows how hard it is to know this dude's thought process. That's amazing. I'm I'm really sitting back. Like, I'm in awe of this. (laughs) I mean. I should be nominated for a, some kind of Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. That's like four times in a row. Yeah. Are you from the future? How many? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think she is. Me and Tammy would kill it during Pictionary. Like, I would just draw a dot. <laughs> then she would be like, Abe Lincoln. I'd be yeah. like, and everyone's like, oh, you know. <laughs> See, I knew he was going for a person. That is hilarious. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, guys, I mean, we we are already over an hour, fifteen minutes here. Um, so, what do we learn? Let's make sure. Yeah. Um, um, do what? I love that. I do want to know how. Do you ask why there was a ping pong ball on the dog's head? The three-year-old crazy glued the the ping pong ball to the little oh, dog's okay. head, and then he was in the corner in disgrace. And I said. His name was Andrew. I said, Andrew, come here. Show me your hands. <laughs> he went like this. And his hands. Because <laughs> oh, <laughs> been playing with crazy glue. And then crazy glue the ping pong ball to the top of the dog's head. The poor well, dog. Real, real quick, Kevin, tell the story about what happened with your dog and you trying to figure out what was wrong with the dog's stomach. Oh, yeah, the, the one with the, the, yeah. The, the dinosaurs. Yeah. 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 And, and so, uh, you know, we turned on the endoscope. And you know, I knew there was something in the stomach, and there was a dinosaur face. You know, there were rubber dinosaurs my my nieces had had fed to, to her. You know, they were her toys. So yeah, the stuff you find in their stomachs, it, it's it's a uh, it's amazing. I mean, we, we it's it's humorous, but it's it's you know it's it's not funny then. You know, it, it's it, it's funny six months later. Yeah, he said that he took the the scope or whatever the camera. Stuck it down the dog and then saw a face looking back at him through the camera. <laughs> and it was these plastic dinosaurs that that somebody in his family was putting peanut butter on and just having the dog eat oh, these little tiny plastic toys, which But they yeah. just they bound up in there, you know. So <clears throat> no, it's it's a. Uh, uh, you know, it, also, here's the, the here's how we'll let you go, Kevin, or just here's one of maybe the coolest things. I, I Kevin is the voice. At, at the terminal or at the train you take when you land in Denver, when you go into the little train and it takes you, you're going to go to so Terminal cool. AB and then baggage claim. So a guy showed up at his show and said, hey, will you be the voice of the train? Then the guy, Kevin, shows up at where you work and says, I got recording stuff. How much money do you want? And Kevin's like, I didn't even know I was going to get paid. And Kevin had to do surgery for some lady's cat and looked at the guy and said, pay for her, the cat surgery, and I'll do it. And then that's how, and then, then he did it. That was it. That was the exchange. He also is uh, the spokesperson for a certain license plate in, in Colorado, right? That gives back to animals. What was that, Kevin? Yeah, I did that. We did, we did some commercials for that. It's a, it's a license plate for shelter animals. 
And, yeah. and so the money goes uh-huh. to the shelters. And, you know, 2,500 puppies and kittens are born every hour in the United States. There's so many unwanted. And the shelters are just packed, jam-packed. And people, you know, I don't want to neuter my dog. What do you mean? It'd be like taking off my own testicle, you know? And, yeah. and so, I mean, it's it, it, we just need to educate people, you know? Hmm. So I think you can educate painlessly. And I think we, you guys do it with your comedy, really. It's a burden we all carry, Kevin. It's every night, me and John and Tammy, we go to sleep and we have three bunk beds. I'm usually top, Tammy's in the middle and John's on the bottom. Guys, we're just going to get up and bring laughter and happiness tomorrow. And then we just say, good night, John. Good night, Tammy. Good night, John. But in a way, though, you know, I I think we make our little side of the street better as comics. Uh, I think that uh, we need to create our own reality show. We're just going to lock ourselves in a bunker for a week and see what comes out of it. I think if we stay alive at the end. We could do it at at my farmhouse here when we all do a show together. John's been here. John can hear the bees. That's my favorite quote. Just to, I always tell people when I go, how's your house in Michigan? I go, it's, I love it. It's this old ass farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. And it just has this vibe. I go, John Reap was here. And he just told me, it's just, you sit on the porch and you can hear bees. (laughs) Wow. Hey, can I ask, I know you guys got to go. And I just, one quick thing, Kevin, I have a theory that Amazon brought those stink bugs because we never had those stink bugs before. When I was a kid, they weren't around. And I and they're based. Uh, those bugs are originally from China. Am I on onto something there? You, you certainly could be. It, it's such a, a world community now. You know, it, it's such a global community. And and so you know, something happens. And, uh, you know, a guy gets on an airplane in China with a, a suitcase, and there there could be those bugs. And it's a pregnant female, and she lands in New York City. Or I mean, we talked about invasive species before that you brought up. You know, with with uh, the Burmese pythons, and and so it's, when things end up outside of their normal range and don't have any checks and balances, no predators or no diseases. You know, it's just it, it used to be people never traveled. You know, my Irish grandmother, you know, never got to the next town in Ireland. You know, I mean, it, it was you know she didn't have a car. I mean, it was just you, you married who was in the next house, probably. You know, <laughs> and, and everybody had everybody had funny heads. You know. <laughs> yeah. Also, so I'm gonna build Bezos for my for my exterminator. All right, John. <laughs> Not all of them are winners. Okay, don't judge me. Hey, look, you you were. Everyone was a home run to that last one. It was like a double. It was a good though. It was <laughs> I, I hope people it's found it's, it. It's, it's, it's bedtime. It's after it. Right. I hope people found it interesting. I, I don't know. You know. You, you never. Oh, that was great! You kidding you me? Find your, Kevin, never find your own life interesting, but but happy Kevin, about Kevin, we, Kevin, everyone loves you. We have so many other questions, and we'll have you on again. Like we haven't, like we'll bounce from music to uh, just everything. Oh, that, there's his. Uh, Alan put his website up. Go check out his website, drkevinfitzgerald.com. Oh, I want to know if he's related oh, to the uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald. I really don't have a website. I haven't done anything with it, but but. Uh, I, I, I've been working on a book, so maybe that, it, you know, it, it, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Well, we'll definitely have you on and we'll talk about that. Pescatelli, uh, I, I, I say Pescatelli, your, your last name, where are you at in the next couple of weeks? 
Uh, it being, oh, John, I don't know. I'm kind of by you in Ferndale at the Magic Bag. When? 312. Somebody come visit me on uh, March 12th. I'm in Philly and Helium uh, next weekend, the 10th through the 12th. Just in, uh, there. Funny Bone. Aw- aw- awesome. Look at you working the Columbus Funny Bone. Just one day. Number. Good. Both of you guys showing up Just there. Just one day. Just on Valentine's oh. Day. Are you doing like a four Just o'clock show? You're doing what day are you doing? I would like to do a four o'clock show. You no. think that's an insult to me? No. If no. they would tell me that I could do a five o'clock bingo and comedy one show, day? I think I I'd idea. be down for it. It's, it's we'll call it the in bed by nine tour. Let's do four o'clock shows. <laughs> Let's do four down. o'clock shows. We'll talk. Yeah. Uh, John, where are you at in the next uh, couple weeks? Uh, this weekend, Albany, New York at the Funny Bone. And then next weekend, Kansas mm. City, Missouri Improv, Richmond, Virginia after that. On and on. I this week. February uh, 4th through the 5th. Not January, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. February. February. 4th, 5th. Right. February. February 4th. 5th. This uh, I am at the Atlanta Punchline, the 17th, 18th, and 19th. I was going to Rick Springfield on that Wednesday, but I have two tickets uh, front row if anybody's interest, interested. And then I'm in Indianapolis at uh, Helium because either some comic got COVID or somebody fell out. That's the only reason why I'm there. Uh, I'm at Helium Comedy <laughs> Club in Indianapolis the last weekend of this month. It's going to be a fun show, but I know somebody fell out. John, that would be another good uh, name for you, the Fallout Boys. That'd be, uh, you know... <laughs> <laughs> it's literally yeah that's i think that's what happens i think uh you know a weigh-ins couldn't show up and then they have me uh rolling but that's, that's good that's what i always said they complain that, was, that you didn't sell tickets I always somebody said, said to me well why are you going out don't you care about your fans uh garth brooks canceled all of his shows because he cares about his fans and i said well i didn't write friends in low places so I gotta go to work. So please come. I, I always said I was a I was a disappointment act. You know, somebody else had <laughs> fallen out. And, and so people are disappointed that I was a. <laughs> all right, everybody. Um, uh, don't forget to stream all of our comedy on every platform that exists, except for one. Um, until next time, John. We need a closer phrase. I think. Oh yeah, we need a sign off thing. We used well, to have we'll Rick Sanford the Third would sign us out, but nobody. Nah, just, that's I know what he. We, I know what John would say is the closer phrase. I just okay. ran out of out of post. Okay, we'll notes. wait for that. Here's what John wants to say. Here's what he's <laughs> thinking in his head. Here's what John wants it to be. Right. Uh, this is what one of John's thinks. He's thinking several things in his heads, but one of them for sure is rock out. That's it. That's exactly everybody. Make sure you rock out and don't be square. And then we snap. <laughs> Bye. And then Alan shuts off the show. Love you. Bye, all. everybody. Since you love the Heffron and Reap show, please go to iTunes and let them know. Rank the show and leave a comment. We don't care what you write, you know. They have run and reap, have low self-esteem. So please validate them by ranking them and making them seen. So no matter what...